Welcome to Bible Chicks, women who are normally just as is, but we're at our supernatural best when we choose to read, believe, and live out God's Word, whatever's going on in our lives. So get ready to laugh with us and be blessed as you hear our unique stories and inspiring music. Thanks for joining us. It's going to be good. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard. Loving and growing and hoping our faith is showing. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? Welcome again to Bible Chicks. We're so excited that you could join us today. I have a wonderful guest, Deborah Thompson. You are going to really enjoy hearing her story. But let's get started with a song. This is a song I wrote a few years back, just a story of my life, my testimony, new life. A fresh new start Another chance to change my heart I'm a new creation Born of God Filled with His Spirit and love New life, a new life I've given Him my heart And He's given to me A new life The past is past And there's more pain But Jesus is walking me through it again His yoke is easy, His burden light And I'm walking by faith, not by sight Into life, a new life I've given Him my heart And He's given to me A new life The past is past and I'm moving on Through his eyes I clearly see And those memories Those memories Have no hold over me Jesus gives me his strength He gives me
Well, I have found that new life in Christ. It's made, He has made all the difference in my life, and I'm so blessed to be able to share that song with you. Today, we have Deborah Thompson, a good friend of mine. I've known her for many years, and I am just thrilled that you're going to be able to hear her story. You know, if I were going to write a book about Deborah, which I've thought of, or an article or something, I would call it Guts. I would. God uses talented servants. That's what I how I feel about Deborah. She's amazing. And Deborah, you work for the uh, state, state of California, state of California, the Water Control Board. Welcome, Deborah. We're so happy you're here. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, and so you know, you have a busy day. Your your work day is five days a week. So kind of just tell us. Um, you know, I'll go ahead. You tell us about your day, how your day starts, and how you get down to work, okay? Okay. I rise at 5 a.m., an unnatural time, in my opinion, in the morning. And I get up, and I get myself ready, and I do all the preparatory, and then I get up and go to the bus, and I leave my house about 6.30. And by the time I've taken my bus, and then I take the light rail, and then I walk from the light rail to work, I don't get to work till 7.40. So it's about an hour commute or more. And then I work my eight-hour day and take my hour lunch. So I'm there about nine hours. So I leave work about 4.45 and I come home and I do the same routine and I get home about six o'clock. So I have a almost day and a 11 hour day, basically, almost 12 hours. Okay, and so your day, you know, is busy. It now is. Now, you, you take your girlfriend with you, right? That's Adrena. Oh, yeah. Adrena. I take Adrena with me. Adrena. She's a black lab. She's yes. gorgeous. And did I mention that Deborah's blind? I don't think I mentioned that. No, I don't think so. No. And, and Adrena's and, a guide dog. And Adrena's guide dog. You've only had Adrena for four Pardon. years now. Yes. Prior to that, you were on your own with your cane. Correct. And swinging your purse a bit, I suppose, once in a while. <laughs> so tell me, how come, you know, what, at this point of your life, why did you choose to um, then go to a guide dog and... I chose because here in California, if you live in Sacramento long enough, you get allergies, they say. And I did. And when the allergies are acting up, I could go crooked in a tunnel. And I can't tell which direction's which. And I, when my allergies are not inactive, I can do straight very well. But when they're inactive, I, I, I look like I'm drunk walking down the sidewalk. It's pretty bad. So it's best to have the guide dog for safety purposes. When I'm in a building, I still use my cane because there aren't any cars or... Uh, people on their bicycles or other traveling like hmm. right just whatever what are those creatures that yeah. they roll around on <laughs> oh I don't know you know, just the variety skateboards that's skateboard. what I was thinking yeah. you mm-hmm. know right and so that you know just that busy that busy life that you mm-hmm. have and um, I know that well I just remember before having before Adrena became a really important part of your life. You did have a few nicks and, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember one time I was walking across the street, and somebody decided they had to honk their horn at something. I'm not sure what they were honking at, if it was what. I have no idea. But it made me jump. I tripped over the uh, uh, median in the middle of the sidewalk or the street and landed on my stomach. I mean, that was not a happy time. So it wasn't honk if you love Jesus? Is that uh, what you're saying? I don't believe so. No, I think they were honking at you, Deborah, but I wasn't quite sure here. I don't know for sure. Yeah. They could have been messing with their cell phone in their car and hit the horn. I have no idea. Yeah, so you've chipped your, your teeth a few oh, yeah. times and, uh, you know, just... Give t- myself goose eggs, a uh, black eye one time, I remember. All kinds oh, of nice things. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so... 
you uh, that's why I say you're the gutsiest person I know <laughs> just out there and you know getting to the bus and and all that um, you're strong. <laughs> you're strong-willed. I'd be a big chicken to try that. But you, I just admire you so much for your strength in doing that. Well. So, you know, okay, so we've, we've talked about, we've revealed that you have a uh, disability. We've uh-huh. revealed that. Okay. When did you become blind? I was actually born visually impaired, which means I was legally blind, which is um, with a visual acuity of 20 over 200, which means a normal person at 200 feet can see whatever it is, a light, a a picture or whatever, but a a person who is legally blind can only see that at 20 feet away or less, or they have a restricted field of vision, like a tunnel vision situation. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's what I had when I was younger. So I could still see colors. I could see well enough to read very large print. It had to be very large. Um, I could see basic things, but I couldn't see detail. I never could see, like looking at a person's face, I could tell the face from the back of the head, but I could not see the nose, ears, and mouth. I couldn't see detail. Well, Deborah, I'm really relating to that because, you know, I have one good eye, my right eye, but my mm-hmm. left eye is still legally blind. Mm-hmm. And right, you you described exactly what it's like on, on my left side, which I have a permanent callus on my left arm from running into walls and stuff like that yeah. because I just, yeah. my depth perception is not good. Right, and distance judging, yeah, depth perception, all of those things are just not equal. You, right. you can't tell that But you can see colors and, mm-hmm. and that. But I could. then you had a greater dimension to that. In yeah. your life, and when, when I was, was a that? teenager, yeah, when I was a teenager, um, apparently my retinas further de- uh, deteriorated, or something ruptured, or something. We're not sure, but when I was ten, I had a secondary condition called keratoconus, which at the time I had thought caused the visual lack, and doctors have since said no, that had nothing to do with it. So, whatever. And then for the color went. All definition went, and now basically it's just looking through very thick fog. It can be dark fog or light fog, but it's still fog, and there's no um, definition of anything within the fog. You went to elementary school for the blind. Tell us a little bit about that. I went to the Utah School for the Blind in Ogden, Utah, from the time I was 7 through 12, so basically first through sixth grade. And I came out to public school when I was in eighth or seventh grade at 13, graduated from high school, and then I got a scholarship from my church to go to Oral Roberts University. So I went there for a year, and then after that I had to come up with my own monies to get there. And uh, God blessed me. I got other scholarships. I got grants. I got a little bit of loans, but not much compared to what was required for college payment. And I got through college, graduated with my uh, degree in music education. Well, tell me, you know, you found out early on that you didn't have to have your eyes to express this wonderful gift that God gave you, this natural gift in your body, your right. vocal cords, your lungs, this incredible um, ability to make beautiful sounds, and and you just had that huge desire to do that. When did you know you wanted to be a singer? Um, when I was little, I played the piano. As a little kid, I played by ear. And then I got into choir when I was in grade school. And I went, I like this. And then I got singing a few solos in choir, and I'd, I really like this. This is what I like to do. And so when I was 11 years old, I believe, I started taking voice lessons at the school. And the teacher said I had excellent potential. And then I went to, out to 
um, public school where they didn't have voice lessons unless your parents decided to pay for them. And so that ended the lessons part. But I was still in choirs all through high school. I got to sing solos once in a while, and it was good. And I knew that the one thing I was really good at was singing, better even than piano. I could play piano good, okay, fine, but not not to the style that I would want to play. So I became a vocalist. I could do that well. I enjoyed it. It was a method of express, expression that was pleasing to other people as well. So You were at Oral Roberts University for four years? Four years, yes. And you have your bachelor's in music? Yes, I do. That's great. We're really looking forward to hearing more about Deborah and her, oh, how she was able to walk closely with the Lord, even though facing adversity of, you know, just the difficulty of not being able to see in a world that is mostly filled with sighted people. And so we're going to come back after the break and hear Deborah's faith walk, her trusting in the Lord, and a chance to hear her sing. So we'll be right back after this break. Attention event planners, Carol Brewer brings both the message and the music as she presents the King and I Women's Retreat. You'll deepen your walk with Jesus as you discover the heart-healing truths that establish your real identity as an heiress in His kingdom. Be refreshed and reassured in His presence and delight in singing His praises. Carol works closely with each event planner, ensuring a successful, life-transforming weekend away. Learn more at BibleChicks.com. Reading, believing, living His Word. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? We're talking with Deborah Thompson today. We're so thrilled that she's with us. And Deborah, tell us what you've been doing since you got a bachelor's in music at Oral Roberts University. Then you came out to California. What do you know about that? I, I did. Um, I come from Wyoming and Utah, and I went to school in Oklahoma. And trust me, the weather out there is just not where you want to live if you have, if you can avoid it. Therefore, I moved to California where it's beautiful and sunny and it rains some. So I For can, our Wyoming friends that may be listening, we yes, love you. We yes. love you. Wyoming's just, beautiful if you don't want to be around very many people. It's lovely. Absolutely lovely. Big open skies, big sky country, just like Montana. Beautiful. However, it is. It's beautiful there. It's the winters are a little hard the on the voice, mm. you know. So if you're a singer, it's a little tough on the voice. You got to keep it warm. That's Most for sure. Definitely. So tell me now. You've been in some major Sacramento area choirs. I have. I've sung with the Sacramento Choral Society as a chorister. I was in that choir for ten years. I'm taking a hiatus. I will be going back at some point, but I'm taking a break. And you and traveled with that group. I did. We traveled to Europe and singing in Europe in the choirs in different European facilities. Or it was it's wonderful. I remember we sang in the um, Liszt Academy in Budapest, and it was just the most magnificent. And the crowd was responsive. And there's nothing like singing in a in a new venue in a different place to give you perspective and and broaden your visions of what can be done and what you can do. It's wonderful. Yeah, and that's pretty much traditional. You're not doing too much contemporary there in the in the Sacramento no, Choral it's Society. All, it's all cap. It's all um, classical music, like what I was trained to sing when I was in college. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. But we had a chance yeah. to sing together for several years. We stood together oh, at did. a big choir of like hundred people. Yes. And that was at Capital Christian, Christian Center. Center. And we did all styles of music there, didn't we? We did everything. We did contemporary. We did some classical, but not much. Mostly contemporary of some sort with different different stylings, yes. Lots of, and lots it was of, lovely. 
It was. And we were in, together, we were in some really big productions, uh, both at Easter and Christmas. And at Christmas, uh, I don't know how many years you were, I was in the singing Christmas uh, tree. I was I in know. the singing Christmas tree about 11 or 12 years. Okay, well, even longer than I was. I was yeah. maybe eight. Mm-hmm. And so those are really big venues where we, yes, that, that sanctuary seats about 2,800 people, and we did about 12 performances or so. So we got to get our message out to quite a few people. Absolutely. And that was fabulous. And you had a chance not only to sing on up in that tree that we were involved in, but you also got to be a soloist a few years back, and that was pretty exciting. Yes, it was exciting to sing in my solo for the Singing Christmas tree it was it was an event you had to learn how to be on stage and you had to especially when you're blind being making sure you're facing the right way in the stage so you're facing the audience and and singing and coordinating it all and getting it all together it but it was a wonderful experience and i i'm a ham i love to be on stage what can i say and and it was just really wonderful for me tell us about your love for the lord and you know what a difference that jesus has made in your life well, my mom and my dad, uh, my mom was a Christian, my dad was not, and my mom took us t- to church as children, but dad didn't go. So we had to decide whether, you know, we knew you, there were both options, always knew you could be either a Christian or not a Christian. And when I was eight years old, I decided that I would, I wanted to be a Christian, I wanted to follow Jesus. I had a enough inconsistencies in life. I had a lot of disadvantages in life being blind. It, it's not a hard, bad life, but it's definitely not as advantageous as some being so fully sighted would be. And um, I learned by listening to the Bible stories and learning more about the Bible as a child that God takes us for what He does for us, not for what we ourselves can do. So we, when we accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, it's His righteousness that covers us, and we're all equal. We're all on the same playing field. And so I decided I, I, that was what I wanted. I wanted to be under Jesus' protection, under Jesus' control, and have him take over my life and be the ruler. And it really has made me stronger than I would have been as a non-Christian. I've known that situations, like when I got hit by a car, God was fully in control. I was not, thank the Lord for that. And getting through school getting through all the different things in life that don't go the way you planned them to. And God was there for me. He gave me the strength to do what I do day by day, not not 10 years in advance, day by day. And he's just been there for me. And knowing that when I get done with this life, I will move into the next to be with him in heaven. You know, with everything that you've been going through, how do you, how come you're not bitter and grumpy, Deborah? Well, first of no, all, you're not. At I'm all. already blind. So if I were blind and bitter and grumpy, I wouldn't be able to stand myself. No, really. <laughs> yeah, you being but for me, I have to focus my energies on what really matter. And so I consider being bitter and miserable and grumpy extra you got it all going so you have nothing better to do with yourself. So you might as well be bitter and grumpy. And but if but my thought is if God is in full control, and God knows what's going on in your life. What's happening in your life is not a waste of time. It's not first. You won't like it. Just like no child gets a, likes getting a spanking because they did something wrong. You don't like what happens in life most of the time. But if it's for your ultimate best, and it's God's control, and it's what God has for you, 
and he can make you a blessing no matter what your life is, why be grouchy? Why complain? Okay, no, I don't like it. But God will take care of it. It says in the Bible that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So if I don't take vengeance, God can do it and much better. And maybe he'll make, if something bad happened to me from someone else, he'll make, in his way of managing, he'll bring that other person to him. And that's more important than any vengeance or any bitterness on my part, which doesn't do me anybody else any harm except for me. Well, you know, when one, when one sense, one of our senses, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. speak, I mean, hearing, seeing, mm-hmm. taste, all of our senses, touch. Okay, so when one goes, the others kick in stronger. And you're, you, God definitely gave you a brain, that's for sure. You're very smart. Yes. I, I love you read audiobooks. You're right oh, on I'm top a, of... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a book addict. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, and you're just, and you're on top of the news. You know what's going on. So mm-hmm. your senses, all of your other senses you're using in such a strong way. And besides, you know, how blessed that you have a full-time job. Oh, yes. You know, and that you are able to walk to work. This is awesome with the help of Audrina. Yes. And you have her companionship, too. She's a beautiful lab. Yes, she's black a sweet lab dog. And she really is a sweetheart. Great, great companion. So, you know, and, and God has blessed you with the uh, provision to be able to purchase your own condo to live yes, in. Yes, yes. And so just blessing upon blessing, Deborah, and you've blessed us so much with your music yes. over the years and blessed me with your friendship. Yes. So you are and and a great inspiration for for us. We're just so blessed to know you. What are you now? I know that you're very involved. We were in big church together, but right. now you're going uh, to a smaller church. Yes, which I is am. A, I'm with um, the Bible Fellowship Baptist Church here in Sacramento, and I have been stretched beyond my normal capacities. I am now the organist for this church. So going from piano to organ, that's a big stretch. It is. I mean, it doesn't sound like it should be to the un- non-musician ex- or yes, pre-musician. Exactly. Right. exactly. Because, you know, it's just got keys, right? Well, right. with a piano, all you have to do is play with, okay, it's both hands, but you're somewhat coordinated. But then when you get into the organ, you got to use your feet too. You got pedals and you got control of sound. You've got everything. You can't control the sound by how hard you push on the keyboard. It's all controlled from the pedals. So it's like... Um, and then you've got all these other stops and things to try to work out to get different sounds from here. It's like, okay, um, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, and the hands are above one another, and so you're not coordinated. Two keyboards instead of one, (laughs) and the touch is entirely different for organ to piano. You don't have to. It's totally a different venue, almost. It's almost like playing something that you're not accustomed to. So that has really stretched my musicianship, and it's been a challenge, and it's a rewarding challenge. I've been enjoying it. Well, there was a void there. In other words, they needed somebody. There's an instrument sitting in the church. Absolutely. They need someone to play it. And you go, okay. You know, you said I yes, accident- Lord. I accidentally mentioned one time that I'd had a semester of organ lessons. Whoops, there went with that. <laughs> okay, okay. So you were um, uh, commissioned by yes, the church to fill that position. Yes, I was. And I still get to sing solos once a month. Or Wonderful. even or if somebody else backs out, then they call me to do it more than often than that. So sure. It's a blessing. That's great. Well, that's that's fabulous that you're using your gifts and your talents mm-hmm. for the Lord. You're still getting to do music, yes, and uh, and blessing people on at your job. I'm sure by just your being there and being a great inspiration for everybody on the 18th floor. <laughs> so that's and anybody and else. And now that I have Adrena, everybody on all the floors knows who I am because they see the dog and they go, "Oh, I want my dog to come to work with me." And I'm like, mm, "Okay, you don't want to be under my circumstances to bring your dog, okay?" <laughs> 
but they, it's it's a big joke in 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 our building. Yes, Deborah, give us one of your scriptures that really means a lot to you. I like John one fourteen, for we beheld the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. And beholding His glory is the promise that you have. I mean, you see Him, you have the vision, like the song, Be Thou My Vision. You can see Him in your heart, and but someday with restored vision, you'll be seeing Him face to face. What a glorious day that will be. Yes. So I'm just so grateful that you could spend some time with us today, Deborah. I know our listeners were... Uh, have learned maybe something new about the challenges of having a disability. But with Jesus, there is no disability. He completely fulfills and takes care of all of our needs. So what would you say to someone who's, you know, just thinking about, well, I wonder what it's like to be a Christian. What what difference is that going to make in my life? What would you say to, to that, Deborah? I would compare it to seeing someone who has barely subsistence getting along in life with finances and someone who has an abundance of of financial provision. To me, getting along as a non-Christian in the world, you're barely scraping along. You're barely making it from one minute to the next. You have no hope. Not really. Not if you really think about it. And when a crisis comes in life, you're at a standstill. There's nothing. There's no help. There's no props. There's no anything. And with Christ, you have the provision for what you need for everything that happens in life day by day, good or bad. You have your your person to trust in, your person to hang on to, your person who provides your comfort, your strength, your guidance. You know what to do. You can go to the Word and read, and you know what God has provided for you and what He expects and what you need to do and what He will do for you. So true. Thank you for sharing from your heart. We're going to have the wonderful privilege now of hearing you sing Amazing Grace.
Deborah Thompson. It was a joy to have you as our guest today. I'm Carol Brewer, and I look forward to being with you again on our next Bible Chick show. And remember, in Him, we live, move, and have our being. Reading, believing, living His Word, praying, never receiving.